Good evening, everybody. I'm Mark. And I'm Britain. And today we're going to talk about a movie, don't you know? A stinky movie. A movie that was not very good indeed called 2067. And, uh... Okay, yeah, now let's just get started. Uh, <clears throat> so... The premise of this movie is that in the not-too-distant future... Next Sunday, AD? <laughs> no. Uh, it is... Uh, oxygen... Uh, well, the the environment has kind of crashed. Yes. And oxygen... Uh, all, you know, all plants have died, and oxygen is at a premium. It's it's kind of like Dune with air. Actually, I, I remember we were watching this, and I likened it more to uh, Tank Girl. With air, yeah, because yeah. one corporation controls all the. Uh, all right, all right, I could, all I could air. appreciate that. So go ahead. So, the yeah, the society is slowly dying mm -hmm. and suffocating away, and uh, humanity is slowly becoming extinct. So, uh, our main character, uh, Ethan, who is just uh, wrong. He he he, he was. He was built in a in a wrong way. His face was not not made by nature. Well, that's not very nice. <laughs> and uh, so uh, he's working in the tunnels, you know, fixing electronics and stuff like that. And uh, he gets call, you know, the, these kind of uh, government officials apprehend him and bring him to the office of. Uh, some powerful lady. Mm -hmm. we, no. we don't know if she's like the prime minister or just like maybe the CEO of the business. We don't know. I, I from what uh, what I can ascertain is like she's mainly the uh, the main person who who's making all the oxygen for everyone. Mm -hmm. So uh, she tells them. She kind of guides them to this secret lab. And there's a time machine, and they get a message from the future saying, Send Ethan White, uh, who is our main character. Mr. Wrong, yeah. Yeah. And the the character of Ethan White throughout the entirety of this movie is the most insufferable, whiny little shit. Yes. Uh, he has Anakin Skywalker syndrome, where, where he is so in love with his wife that it is uh just it, it, it's it's almost toxic yeah and and it, it you know he you know doesn't want to go with the future at first and then she kind of convinces him well we'll, we'll, we'll get into the nitty-gritty yeah. of that in a second we'll just you know move things back along like the first act yeah. he goes forward into the future 400 years to look for a <clears> cure <throat> because humanity is like suffering from this disease yeah. as well as no plants yeah and so he goes forward into the future it's like a, a plant paradise and um he encounters the skeleton of himself with a bullet in his head yeah we don't really understand how uh it's not really it's not really stated how he d well ha we we don't really know how his you know skeleton dies uh, and ends up there before he does. Well, I mean, uh, I guess I, presumably he goes back in time. Yeah, exactly. Presumably his mission, when his mission's complete, he goes, you know, he goes back because it's supposed to be a one-way time machine, but he has to find his way back. Yeah. And we pr assume that he dies. And he has a little handheld recorder that says that, um, okay, you get shot in the head by this person, by your best friend, who just so happens to travel through time to, um, well, let, before we get there, okay, let, let's let's talk about the reason the friend had to go through time. Okay, like within hours uh, of him arriving to uh, yeah, to the future, he he finds random berries and just decides to eat them, and, and nearly dies. Yeah, that, that's that's basically it. he starts vomiting, starts hallucinating, and his friend comes back with uh, like an antitoxin. Yeah. And you know, saves like, his life. And he's he's like, like, "Yeah, I saw you die. You died." Yeah, like, so don't do anything stupid. I guess I'm going to protect you. By the way, I brought a gun to protect you. Yeah, and yeah. So basically, the rest of the movie is him 
like meandering around they find this building where um like basically it's in like everything's overgrown no humans yeah. are left and the building is a uh like, derelict yeah and it's the same building that he went forward with in the time uh with the time machine so basically he's got to repair the like the uh, the power uh, like a nuclear reactor and and uh, once the power comes back on the port will be open so he can go back and people can come forward and if he doesn't uh, fix the nuke in time it'll explode like a nuclear bomb mm -hmm. and they they shuffle their feet the entire way through the city like they were they were taking the the tiniest little baby steps uh, oh with with, the, with this looming threat of a nuclear explosion over their heads and it's almost like Ethan is uh, isn't aware of how time works because yeah. he arrives at like this schoolyard where his uh, wife teaches yeah. and he finds you know the skeleton of his wife dead and he's like oh she's dead and it's like well yeah everybody's dead yeah. Ethan what do you expect like if you had not gone back in time you'd be dead too in fact you are dead you saw your corpse like everybody is dead at this point like like what do you expect her to be oh. not dead in 400 <laughs> years it's like so it all boils down like some twists and turns happen and we find out that um well not 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 just that well yeah some twists and turns happen uh, as you said and uh, you know, uh go ahead i'm sorry uh, i was gonna say twists and turn happen we find out that the whole project um was designed by the um the woman who was in charge of the air uh she gave up on the human race and so she wants to open the portal in the future so that she can bring the uh, the elites forward yeah. and just kind of restart the human race. Yeah. Well, before that, you know, while uh, you know, while uh, Dipshit Magoo is having his his breakdown about his wife, uh, he plays the recording of his death. And uh, you know, it turns out the friend that came back is the one who killed him. And with the you know, without. Like the 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 friend that came back went to went from zero to pointing the gun at his uh, friend who was pretty much his you know his son throughout the uh, most of his adult life mm -hmm. uh, you know instantly yeah it's like this guy was just unhinged and we do yeah. find out you know through a uh, little bit of um, the reveals that uh, his his friend Ethan's friend. Um, was kind of like a, a, a bit of a plant. Yeah. Like, they knew early on that he was supposed to go through time because of the message from the future. Yeah. They knew since he was a kid, but his father installed this little security bracelet so only Ethan could be the one to, like, activate the time machine. And so it's basically, like, everything's going on in the loop again and again and again and again. Mm -hmm. So that is the, the basic gist of the story. And, um... Well, I, I gotta say that this wasn't a very good movie. It, it wasn't terrible, it, but we, you know, I've seen worse. Yeah, we, we've definitely encountered you know far worse than that. Uh, but yeah, it was a uh, yeah a bit of a, a bit of a letdown, especially the characters. Oh, the characters. Uh, the characters. The characters. Worst. Uh, like I thought the the you know the lady CEO was was a bit on the right track. That yeah, humanity is not going to survive that, and it's. You know, the, the writing's on the wall. We might as well start sending in, you know, sending through infrastructure to start over again. Yeah, and our uh, our hero, Ethan, he tries to sabotage it at every step. And it's like, listen, yeah. we, we find out that the CEO lady, she's not the nicest person in the entire world. She's kind of, uh, kind of cold-hearted and uh, a little bit uh, evil. Just a little bit. I mean, she does murder people. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you can weigh that with the fact that, all right, but, you know, all of humanity is, you know, she's trying to save basically the human yeah. race. And <clears throat> Ethan is doing his damnedest to make sure that our, our species is wiped out of existence. Yeah. Like, the, the, the movie concludes with, uh, in, instead of Ethan co going back in time uh, and, and getting shot, he instead, you know, <clears throat> rather, instead... Uh, stuffs the time machine full of plants and and sends that back instead uh, and, you know, and then breaks the machine and then the movie concludes like oh all these rare and exotic extinct plants are being brought back and uh, you know and it, then the movie concludes that you know society had indeed rebuilt in the past uh, with uh, 
you know, with with an, with harmony with nature, mm-hmm. and you know, which is a bit of a bullshit ending. Yeah, <laughs> uh, considering that uh, not all the plants died because it was because the environment was uh, was toxic to begin with. Yeah, it, like it couldn't sustain uh, plant life. So I guess they. I guess they saw the- like, it's a, it's a miracle these plants didn't just instantly wilt, like, yeah. the, like you know, the flower in E.T. You know, like, yeah. as soon as it goes through, it just droops. Like, why did he send a bunch of weeds back? I uh, guess it doesn't matter now. And it, it's, you know, the, you know, in a, a realistic ending would have been, would have been that, alright, the CEO is right, you gotta send people back th- through and kind of rebuild things and do things right this time. See, uh, I, I- I do wonder if that is- that was a, uh, studio change. Uh, hmm. It's like an executive. Good, it's a very good question because, <clears throat> like, it- it did look like it was gonna go with the whole, you know, everything's bleak, nothing matters, like, you can't change anything. And then at the very last minute they just reversed, the, you know, course, they're like, ah! Maybe it can. Who knows? Well, I'm kind of glad that they that they did that because otherwise the movie would have been predictable, pointless. Yeah, like we would have already known the ending. So there is a couple things I do want to bring up, which I find very yeah. interesting about this movie, and it deals more with um, <laughs> the silly nature of the, the the time travel, I guess, setting. Yeah. So the first one I know I mentioned this a lot while we were watching it is. Yeah. Um, our character, Ethan, he has this kind of, uh, wrist bracelet on that his father tricked him to put on, and, uh, it's basically the only thing that can activate the machine in the future. Yeah. So, when he discovers the skeleton of himself, he sees the wrist brace, and he takes it off his, you know, his corpse and puts it in his pocket. Yeah. So I was saying, while we were doing this, I was like, well, if he searches his pocket of the corpse now, Shouldn't that wrist brace also be in there? Uh, it, technically, if he goes back in time with it, yeah. Yeah, so, I was like, then I would have just reached into the pocket, taken out that other wrist brace, put it in another pocket, and just kept on doing that until my pockets were just full of wrist braces. I don't know what I'm gonna well, do with them. Yeah, I was gonna say, why? I, I don't know, I think it's fun, I have an infinite like, amount of wrist braces. Yeah, I guess, like, you, you, they would be millennia old after a while. Yeah, but. they start crumbling away. But, um, no, no, like, you can make a, you can make a little, uh... Make you can make a, a fort out of them. Yeah, little, make a little house out of the wrist braces. <laughs> like, uh, here, here's the, the, the question. Like, had, uh, had Ethan not eaten the berries, like, what are the other ways Ethan would have died, you think? Hmm. Um, let's see, I like, think... Like, I had mentioned, uh, you know, drowning by, uh, staring up during a, during a rainstorm. Yeah, I think I think uh, one of the things I posited was that he finds because the idea that we had was that he just keeps on finding corpses of Ethan's everywhere. Yeah, like he tried and failed many a time to do this time travel thing, as he's just not a good hero. Which would have been a, a more interesting story. I actually, actually. would have. I would have loved it. I I'm gonna get into that in a second um, because okay. I do want to talk about that a little bit. But um, one of the ideas I posited was that he stumbles upon two skeletons of himself, uh, two Ethans strangling each other. <laughs> that uh, I, I guess that two of them found each other and just decided to, to duke it out and yeah. fight, and they were equally matched. Yeah, one died with his head in the toilet. Yeah, I I, I wanted to again how I would have done a second uh, or maybe a maybe even a third act is like yeah he finds the first skeleton yeah and then he goes in and he uh, finds another skeleton, then more skeletons of Ethan's. I guess we're gonna get into how we would change the movie now. Yeah. Um, but then I would have had a... like, a camp of Ethan's. Like, he stumbles <laughs> into an all-Ethan camp where they're at war with another Ethan camp, and they have prisoner Ethan's in their camp. You know, they're just all various Ethan's from different, you know, the entire planet is populated by tribes of Ethans. <laughs> I think that would, like, that would be my third act thing. That would be, like, you know, it's more intrigue in the second act where he's finding a bunch of this stuff. Heck, even yeah. maybe halfway through the second act, he stumbles into these different Ethan uh, tribes, and then he goes out and he has to, like, go to war with one Ethan tribe over another Ethan tribe. Like, uh, mine would be just a series of skeletons. Just like, the skeletons? Uh, just, just the skeletons, because... 
Uh, I, like, Ethan was clumsy enough to, to die within hours of every, uh, every instance. And every, every, you know, pretty much every, uh, every point, in, you know, of, uh, the multiverse kind of converges on this one point in order to save, uh, humanity. So there's all kinds of Ethans. There's this skeleton of squid Ethan. <laughs> there, there's like, a. Uh, there's just, you know, old Ethan. There's, uh, you know, uh, there's Ethan uh, frozen in a gra in a glacier. There's Ethan Rex. Yeah. Like, there's there's just a variety of Ethans just because, uh, you know, there's so much time travel and time converges on this one point that uh, reality has become malleable. Like, I, I think I know how I would end my version of the movie. Uh, the planet of the Ethans, yeah, where yeah. where um, he you know they, they they the tribes go to war and in the middle of this war like he breaks out and again it's Ethan against Ethan they all have yeah. different looks to them you know like they're more feral <laughs> yeah, yeah some of them are but some of them are I, also like you I know mean, one's missing an eye yeah, yeah. yeah there's like they're covered in scars like, and tattoos it's like you know you don't know like they're just a whole variety every Ethan you can think of that's yeah. what we have for Ethan and he gets away. And, um, he finally, you know, finds his way on his own, and he travels along the coast, and we have Statue of Liberty Ethan, like, you know, <laughs> in, in the thing, and he's just, it's just like a breakdown for him. Hey, hey, he just has the biggest temper tantrum yet. No! No! <laughs> no! No! <laughs> Mine would be, uh, he, he falls into a tar pit. <laughs> and, and it's not even an original... Uh, it's not even an original death. There's like five other Ethans with their legs sticking out. And then, uh, the last shot of that movie is, like, you see a, a fire across the sky, and then the next Ethan is coming. Yeah. And, like, you know, the, it lands in the little, um, pod or suit that they have, and gets out, and it's a, uh... Let's see, what kind of Ethan can it be? Maybe, uh, I don't want to say an ape Ethan, that's too easy, but, uh, maybe it's a, uh... Yeah, it's a bird Ethan. Yeah. So, some kind of Ethan, and it turns out that uh, the the corpses of all these trillions of Ethans re-fertilize the soil and allow Earth to grow plants anew. Okay, I'm gonna take your idea and I'm gonna tweak it a little bit. Alright. So, I want there to be, um, I don't want him to ever find really, uh, a lot of Ethans that are exactly like him. All right. Like, I want there to be just slight variations until we start getting to more obscure ones. You know, we more start getting so it becomes more there. There are more and more mutations. Almost, and we learn that um, it is you know basically this is a convergence point of the entire multiverse, and yeah. the Ethan that basically accomplished the mission, the Ethan that saves the day, is yeah. the Ethan that gets to exist in reality. So if Squid Ethan wins, like, all of reality would just be the Squid Ethan version. So so it's almost like a Hunger Games yeah, it's kind of, type thing. Like a race against time almost thing, you know, and uh, our human Ethan fails, so the next one comes out yeah. and it's, uh, well, good luck to you, um, Robot Ethan. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, then, then a human Ethan would, would, ha it would be no contest. Yeah, He'd like, be torn to shreds. Yeah, I mean... He's uh, a little wiener. Well, it's one Ethan at a time. Or, or is it just a? Is humanity just? Oh, oh! So it's not. Uh, it's they're not battling each other no. through for supremacy. It's just uh, whenever one Ethan fails, another species of Ethan comes and yeah, gives it a go. Exactly, and the species that ends up succeeding is going to be the one that uh, gets to continue living. All right, it's Cronenberg Ethan that probably does it. <laughs> it's uh. It's giant cockroach Ethan. <laughs> and for some reason, actually, I don't know why I think of it like this, but giant cockroach Ethan is, well, just a giant cockroach, but he's yeah. wearing a fedora. <laughs> I, I think. Well, like, like, what, what, like Joe's apartment? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like that, that's the, that's the giant cockroach I see. All right. Well, it makes sense. Like, he, you know, if the, uh, if the reactor does go off, he would survive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So yeah, that, that's. That's how, uh, I would either do the Planet of the Ethans or the, basically, the amazing race for, for Ethan, you know, the, the right Ethan gets to win and gets to set the tone for the rest of reality for what, uh, is a superior Ethan race. And, uh, 
I, w- I want to throw a Terminator or, or two in there. Since there's time travel, you might as yeah. well have, you know, a Terminator going into the, you know, uh, for once a Terminator going forward in time, and yeah. uh, you know, uh, ba- you know, trying to kill uh, humanity's savior. Ah, that's actually an interesting angle because there's no Terminators in the other ones, but. Um, you know, human Ethan comes forward, and then yeah. the Terminator kind of appears uh, almost instantly because if the human Ethan wins, it actually spells doom for the planet. Like if if Cthulhu Ethan won, like <laughs> the uh, you know the planet would actually th- you know flourish; it would thrive. So so human Ethan, uh, you know, so the future of human Ethan. Uh, eventually has a rise of the machines, and they go back to kill Ethan. Yeah, because this this Ethan just can't win. Well, no, it would be it would be more of a Kyle Reese type character, mm. like who goes uh like Kyle Reese goes back in time to kill Ethan, and the Terminator has to protect him. <laughs> That's interesting. Now because that was that would uh, it would mean the uh, the robots don't rise. Yeah, exactly. So the robots are trying to protect the 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 John Connor of this or the Ethan White, and the human is trying to kill it and, to and, basically and, wipe humans off the. <laughs> And, reality. and humans in the future are really hardy, and the robots are really kind of shittery. Hey, shitty. Shittery. <laughs> They're kind of shitty in the future. They're like... Because, you know, Terminator against Kyle Reese, it's no... it's no. Well, actually, you know, there's no weapons here. Let's not forget that. They can't bring any weapons, so... Even though the Terminator still has the advantage of being made of metal, I think Kyle Reese also has, like, this... Like advantage of almost like the predator, where he can set traps for the robot and everything I, like that. I, I guess. Like I still think, uh, the these two naked men in the wild uh, are are is just gonna be no match. Like it, it's <laughs> it's it's a it's literally a robot who can just crush his skull. <laughs> you know, I guess that's true. But um, you see, I don't want to weaken the Terminator to make the threat of Kyle Reese. Like, you know, to make that seem like, I want to actually increase the threat of Kyle Reese to make the, you know, make him seem more intimidating. So they have a lot of biotic enhancements in the future, maybe. I, kind of like they had in the uh, Dark Fate of Terminator. Like, I just want him to be the most imposing, like, uh, they send, they, they send two uh, Terminators and one Kyle Reese. So the two Terminators, like, it's the T-1000 and, you know, the, the uh, T-800 Terminator. Yeah, they're both trying to protect Ethan. Yeah. And Kyle Reese comes and strangles the T-1000 to death. That's how powerful of a human he is. Uh, I, I think I have it. Oh, God. Uh, so, uh, humanity in the in that far future, uh, yeah, they don't have strength. They, they don't get stronger or anything, but they have psychic powers. Like, you know, Kyle Reese, you know, this future Kyle Reese can come back. You know, like, he comes back in time. Uh, searching for Ethan and just like flattens the forest with his with his powers. Hmm, that's interesting because I was going with, like a Morlock thing, but um, but I, I a psychic Kyle Reese going against the Terminator. Yeah, like if uh, like if he uh, if you know the the Terminators can resist it, you know the the telekinesis a little bit. Uh, you know, long enough to get away, but if he catches them, he can crush them. And not just that, but, um, yeah, the Terminator might be able to resist it if it, uh, if it, you know, forces all of its will to, yeah. you know, to run away, but nothing's gonna stop a giant tree being shoved at it, you know? Yeah, like, it's, like, yeah, this is, you know, humanity, uh, you know, they, you know, through whatever means, genetic engineering, bionic enhancements, whatever, uh, has created this, uh, this, uh, person who who you know can you know be a just a monster now does he have like a giant like like cranium <laughs> no. that throbs oh, oh, every time it like crushes things no i i kind of i kind of envisioned like he he he, he looked to me he kind of looked like a dr manhattan but not blue okay so he just comes out and just, uh, so now here's a question. How yeah. does, um, how does both Ethan and the Terminator, like, now how can they stop this, uh, this Kyle Reese? Now that's tough, because, uh, you know, in my, in my head, I, he also has, he can also predict the future. 
Uh, which just uh, like he has you know, perfect uh, predictability, so he knows what uh, what's going to happen before it happens. Which so well, the good a big theme of this movie was about changing fate and history yeah. and everything like that. So you know they'll have to. It could still be the theme of this movie where he has to do something completely unexpected to uh, you know to 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 fool Kyle Reese. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Like, uh, and I'm not talking about him running out and dancing like a chicken. Like, because that wouldn't work. Yeah. Oh, buck, buck, buck! <laughs> and that was him just crushing him. It has to, it has to be something like out Bill and Ted when they have the buckets on their head. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, like, so we know that the Terminator is going to probably die at the end of this. Uh, uh, sacrifice yeah. himself in a way. I'm, I'm sure the, uh, the, the Arnold Terminator is just going to use that... Uh, that hydrogen bomb that's in his chest. <laughs> but I imagine that the, uh... The psychic blocks it. He, he just puts up a psychic wall. Oh, I, I actually thought that the, um, the Kyle Reese term, or the Kyle Reese was nowhere near the, the, the nuclear blast. Like, oh. he was miles and miles away, like, it was just a straw dummy that, uh, <laughs> that the Terminator got fooled oh, by. Wait, what, he, he pulls a Luke Skywalker? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, because I mean, he's got that perfect psychic, you know, thing. Yeah. So he just projects himself. I I kind of figured that uh, like he go he blows up, but he he kind of contains the explosion in this little sphere, and you know, the Terminator just kind of poofs in the in this uh, contained fireball. I th I imagine that he takes this contained fireball and just hurdles it into the yeah. sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's, well, yeah, he's strong. I mean, we're making this guy basically the most, uh, most insane Superman, you know, kind yeah, of. He, he, how how the machines uprise? I, I imagine it's it's kind of the opposite, where uh, the you know these machines are uh, you know kind of on the other uh, on the you know in the underground, and there's these just floating roves of psychics traveling about the land, like, just crushing them. Like, the machines rose and, uh, like, they, they killed the, the Ethan-type humans. Yeah. And then, in the ashes of the machine war, rose these psychics and now yeah. the machines are scared of them. Yeah. Like, the, there was, you know, some underground resistance that managed to make these superhumans and, uh, it's just been a genocide uh, of these robots. It's been, it was like, it was almost a mistake for the humans to make these, because now, because they killed off the normal humans. Yeah, and, you know they, you know they did that. They had the, uh, you know, almost a Skynet-like calculation that, you know, within a second that if uh, they didn't kill off these humans, the bloodline would not be pure. Yeah, exactly. Like we are the perfect version of you. There is no need for you anymore. <laughs> and they just like crush their hearts. Yeah, and I imagine that um, when the, now here's what I imagine. I don't know what you yeah. imagine, but when the psychics are roving about, you know, in the streets and everything like yeah. that, and the, the machines are hiding in the sewers and looking out, I imagine the psychics are just kind of like uh, <laughs> standing and floating. Yeah, just kind of standing yeah. and floating around. Yeah, that is exactly like what was in my mind. So. Now it just begs the question, how the hell are they going to beat this Kyle Reese? Uh, it's, it's tough. Like, I, don't, I, don't know if we ha I don't know if we have the chops. The, the chops. Because uh, he, he can... Uh, he can destroy these robots easily. Better than a robot... Easier than a robot can kill a person. Uh, uh, he has visions of the future. I think I, I, think I got All right. it. Um... He blocks his actions and visions of the future by wearing a, Ethan. I'm talking about yeah. by wearing a tinfoil hat. It, it, it turns out it was it was the uh, real. Yeah, like that. <laughs> that was that was the key. That was the key. Like it, it works after all. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, something so low tech and low brow that they just it can't figure it out. And. and uh, yeah. Then, then he has his predator-like traps, like he, you know, the uh, the the future. Uh, you know, the Kyle Reese can uh, he predicts them, but a little bit too late, and it get you know nicks him here and there. Yeah. Uh, until uh, you know, until he brings the big log down. <laughs> or we could just make it that, um, like Ethan is 
compared to the humans that these proto-humans or these, yeah. you know, superhumans kill, like, this Ethan is so dumb and whiny that <laughs> it just can't figure him out. Like, he should know- it's almost like that episode of Fringe where the guy knows, like, you know, he puts a pen down, he knows everything in the chain of events that's- Yeah. Have, but because he has no experience with a human so sub-intellectual- Yeah, that per a person who has no- who has no- Forethought in any of his actions. Yeah, and it's somehow like he, he struggles with it. It's not impossible. You yeah. know, he still he can still have like ninety six percent accuracy, but it's just enough to to fool him. It, it's uh, like ninety six percent accuracy is so inaccurate for him that he's scared. <laughs> like he, he like he is he is ter like he is not he used to. A ninety-nine point nine 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 percent accuracy future, and you know the fact that Ethan like is four percent inaccurate. Uh, it, 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 it's like almost a it's almost a religious fear. Like he <laughs> he he came upon the brood of Satan himself. It's like an existential crisis. Yeah, and the funny thing is, like the more it terrifies him, like the, the, the more inaccurate. Yeah, he exactly. Like like he. The one thing that he's supposed- now it's just like the observers yeah. from Fringe, like, the more he's supposed- trying to suppress these emotions, you know- The more th in, in amplified they become. Yeah, exactly, so that he, like, he gets a little bit- and I imagine that all these traps that Ethan sets up that- that do the most damage are just dumb, like, like, he'll- yeah, he'll set up the log, yeah. and the guy will just, just float out of the way, but he'll trip- over like a piece of twine <laughs> that he'd tie between two trees and just kind of stumble backwards and every time something little like that happens yeah. it terrifies him it shakes him to his core like and it, it's it, it was so it's and the 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 piece of twine was so it's like a, a twine between two like a two foot section between two trees yeah. where <laughs> no one in their right mind would go but since it's such an irrational <laughs> setup, like that, uh, you know, he didn't even think, you know, bother to think of uh, of that he would do that. But and it's not. It's like it is so painfully obvious that he doesn't even think to look for it. Yeah, and, and but you know, and it just. And he he's never known fear his life <laughs> until that moment. Like he stumbles backwards and he scrapes his elbow on a rock, and it you know it is a like he he's never seen blood. Yeah, it is, uh, and I'm gonna say, like, <laughs> all right, this is gonna get a little weird. All right. Um, do you remember the scene in Spider-Man Three when the Sandman <laughs> is kind of born? And like he's slowly coming together, and yeah. like he sometimes he crumbles apart because he's not used to it. And he's like he's learning so many different things, and there's like a mixture of like a, a music swelling and also like this weird, almost kind of fear and beauty intermixed in one. It, yeah, that is kind of I want a full three or four minutes as he's staring at his wounds with these same kind of emotions going on, where he's both. All struck at the, you know, the wonder of what he's seeing, but also completely paralyzed in the fear. He can't understand what's going on, and yet he, it is something he, you know, is a part of now. Yeah, and uh, you know, Ethan, in his own clumsy idiot way, bests this this superhuman. And so, what's the final trap that does him in? Uh. I think I have an idea, but I want to. I want to hear yours. It's a log. It's a log in the river that slowly <laughs> rises. <laughs> no, that's funny though. I like yeah, that. Okay. I was gonna say, um, Ethan reaches into his pockets and like empties his marbles on the ground, and he just slips down the hill from the marbles and uh, I don't know, and falls into a pit. Hmm. What? what like, cause I imagine the. Uh, yeah, the, the superhuman dies in an equally stupid way that, uh, that, that Ethan would die. <laughs> so, uh, somehow he chokes on his own tongue. <laughs> the fear finally gets to him and has a heart attack. He, he, uh, in, in, in his terror, he eats one of the berries. Ah, okay, I like it. 
It's, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a fear-induced hunger, something that's never really felt before, but it's, uh, it's becoming weak and making more and more mistakes. Like, eventually, it gets lower to a 93% accuracy. Yeah. And so it starts eating whatever it can to, to build its strength back up, and one of the things it eats is the berries. And, uh, yeah. it vomits. I imagine it's vomiting while floating. It, <laughs> and it's somehow a psychic vomit as well. Like, he vomits and then... Uh, maybe a whale appears and disappears. <laughs> like, like, you know, as, as he vomits, uh, like, something impossible happens. And it's never vomited before, so it doesn't know what to Yeah, he doesn't know what's it. happening. Yeah. Like, it, it's, uh, the, the powers he has has never encountered, uh, this action before, and it's just, you know, sputtering random uh, synapses. And the funny thing is, again, like, this is almost canonical because it's almost like when the T-1000 dies in Terminator yeah. 2, where it's, <laughs> when he's vomiting, he's trying to find a form that will get him out of the situation yeah. he's encountering, and nothing's happening. Like, uh, like he vomits and a mime appears. <laughs> it, the mime appears, it crosses, you know, folds its arm, it, like, points to an invisible watch on his wrist and then unexists. Yeah. <laughs> or he does the uh the 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 mask looking at the clock. <laughs> he pulls an alarm clock out yeah. and gets scared and then poof. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like one of the vomits is a rainbow a little is a literal rainbow. Now, what's Ethan doing at this moment? Is he watching it all he's, or is he's back to a, he's backed up to a tree and crying. <laughs> you see, I imagine that He's not even involved in the final act, or in the final confrontation. <laughs> like, he, you know, he just, he, he's, he's fixing the machine, and, you know, succeeding. And, like, this thing is so afraid of its own shadow that yeah. you know, it eats the berries and just dies, like, nowhere near Ethan. I, I want to say, Ethan ends up dead, where he's destined to be, end up dead, excuse me, in order for, uh, uh, in order for the future to progress. I, I like to think that... Yes, that happens. He ends up dead, but I think the reason he dies after he does what he has to do for the future progress, he does that, like he fixes the machine, turns around, you know, trips yeah. over the body of the, uh, the, the, the superhuman, and falls down, you know, falls down a hill and breaks his neck, and that's where he dies. Uh, no, he doesn't fall down a hill, he just trips, his head hits the floor and he breaks his neck. <laughs> like, he, he, not, not even his head doesn't even hit anything. He just it just hits the floor and he dies like a stupid. <laughs> but it was enough. It yeah. was enough to save the the lineage of humanity. Yep, like uh, like uh, that was exactly where he needed to die for his blood to pour down something and preserve the DNA and such and such <laughs> and such and such, so the lineage can stay. And uh, and meanwhile, like in the past, like. The humans are celebrating the, the you know the regular humans, yeah. and then the machines are celebrating, you know, like with fireworks and yeah. everything, and the, uh, the 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 superhumans aren't though. No, <laughs> they're, they're 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 the ones cast underground and yep. become the Morlocks. <laughs> they're both the Morlocks and the uh, I, I forget who the other the other people uh, are. The, the dumb people. No, no, the Morlocks are the. I, I thought the people. dumb people were. I thought the. Uh, I thought the Morlocks were kind, of, you know, a little bit smarter than the people on the surface because uh, they were hunting the people on the surface. Oh, I thought the Morlocks were the underground, the, the dumb people, the, the strength people. Uh, I don't could know. Be, I don't remember. I, I, it's been a while since I've read the Time Machine. Yeah, and I didn't even like it. I didn't even finish it. So, hey, for for what it was, you know, for like one of the first sci-fi novels, you know. Yeah, I guess I I've only read read I've only read one thing by H. G. Wells all the way through, and it was yeah. the um. Uh, the Martian one, uh, uh, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. And I didn't like it. And the funny thing was, I read it right when the uh, the movie came out by Spielberg. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So I was like, ah, oh, maybe the book will explain a little bit more. Nope. Ah, oh, it's just an abrupt end. Uh, just as abrupt an ending in the book as it is in the movie. Yeah, they all get sick and die. Like, yep. Funny, isn't it? So here's Morgan Freeman. <laughs> It'll be the only thing that can that make this palatable. Yeah. So all these dumb Martians who come down here from that dumb Mars planet get the cold and eventually croak. So they don't- they don't have any inoculation against it? You would think so, but no. Now, um... The only- the only thing I really have, or of any knowledge for the time machine of, is the, uh... 
the late or early 2000s Time Machine movie. Yeah, which, you know, wasn't bad. Yeah. Well, it had that, uh, it had that, uh, yeah. Oh, how's yeah. it going? Like that like, with that funny scene that we had. So, um, like, I remember I watched. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, I think I was. Uh, I think I was drunk at the time, but I enjoyed yeah. it for what it was. Um, and like I remember, I was talking about. It, we were talking about it together, and yeah. uh, I remember the the conversation came up that like there's really no good way to think about the time travel in this movie without it being silly. Like there's yeah. a moment where he reaches his hand because he's in like this bubble. Yeah, and he reaches his hand out of the bubble. And he brings it back in, his fingernails are longer because time passed outside his bubble, but not yeah. inside. And I remember we were asking, I was like, is there just some random guy who just sees a couple of fingers floating yeah. for a couple of months in this cave? Or, uh, other, and, yeah, not, another thing is, is, uh, does, is, uh, you know, does he disappear when he goes back in time, or is he just frozen? Yeah, is he just frozen, and is, is like the uh, the maid coming in and dusting him off every once in a while. Well, I remember we were, we were uh, talking about like where she comes in like the day after he does it, and she just screams because he's like frozen in place. Like, yeah. oh, what'd you do? Oh no, what'd you do? And uh, that's my Cockney British yeah. accent. Um, uh, freshen your drink. I, I'm good. I'm bad at accents. Yeah, and uh, you know, meanwhile, and, she's chasing pigeons off him all the time. Yeah, like after after a couple of months where the shock wears off, like she's yeah. hanging laundry from him. <laughs> like, oh, master's got all dusty today, hasn't he? Then, uh, she's she's like, you know, she's you know, she's like, show show get out of here, pigeons. <laughs> and, I, I swear they get. I swear they got a nest somewhere. <laughs> it's like she's got to clean the the pigeon crap off yeah. every now and again. Oh, better keep your spiffy now. And from his perspective, there'd just be this uh, this flash going around cleaning him all the time. <laughs> again, I think the funnier idea is if he does if he is invisible in a bubble except when he sticks his hand out of it, yeah, like, and just this floating hand. And like some guy, like some scientist, sees the hand, and of course does the natural thing of studying it, so it starts, yeah. like, clipping fingers off and everything like that, and taking it back to the lab, so he sticks his hand out, when he pulls it back, there's just a stump. Like, one of the <laughs> fingers, like... Well, yeah, feasibly, it, that's what it should have been, because there's no way the blood's circulating at the same speed. <laughs> like, it, like, in the time it was, he, he, he put that hand out, like, it should have died of a... <laughs> like, like the, the same way uh, uh, Jeremy Irons died. Yeah, exactly. So he just pulls it back, he's like, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's old now. And it's like, oh, geez, hey, so he doesn't work. He goes back in time, and it goes too, too uh, far, and he has a baby hand. <laughs> See, I imagine that he kind of works with the old hand that doesn't work anymore. He puts, like, a glove over it, kind of like Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's just got to work with it, you know? And, and fortunately, that hand always has arthritis pains. <laughs> now, at that point, do you think that he would just get it removed? It's like, this is more trouble than it's worth. I, I, like, huh, just get the, uh, get the, just get the hand removed? Yeah, just like, you know- Wait, Was it his left or his right hand? Well, I'm, the way I'm miming it here, it's the right hand, so uh, that, that's a tricky, that, that's, that's tricky. That's tricky, like, that's his main hand. But then again, like, his main hand is always in pain, and, you know, and, and basically- agony 24-7. Yeah, I guess, I, I guess what I would do is I would, uh, just- just kind of peruse time, see, uh... Find a better hand? Oh, you know, yeah, see... Yeah, see if there's a future where they can give me a better hand. See, my solution would actually be the worst solution, which would be... Alright, well, I'll just stick my hand out, my left hand out, for a little, so it's even at least, so, you know, so I'm not mismatched, so yeah, I have two uh, it's, it's a terrible idea. So, yeah, then I'm like, oh, I can't... Then my hands are just both dead and I can't stop the lever, so I'm just constantly hurtling forward in time. Oh, God, like... Yeah, all right. Well, the sun's getting bigger. <laughs> I miss. I go so far uh, forward, so forward, so far in time that I accidentally miss the heat death of the universe. You, you miss the heat death. Yes, like I go further than the heat death of the universe. What's after the heat death of the universe? Uh, that's the good question. Like I, I just come out and it's uh, like actually, I would I be afraid to like. Like, all particle motion stop, I look out, it's nothing but a blank void of nothing. Yeah, it would be. Like, uh, uh, I don't want to stop it now, I don't know what happens. The, the... One of the theories is that... No, here are, we go. Here, 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 <laughs> here, you bring up, you bring up the after heat death, and I have to talk about it. 
<laughs> That's why we work so well together. And uh, so the the th- you know pretty much uh, we're we're talking on time scales uh, where you could pretty much say forever. Yes. Uh, you know the the you know, fifty trillion years in the future. N- no, not even. Okay. Like like we're we're talking. You know, more than a Google years. Okay, okay. Like, uh, I, I like this. I can get behind this. Like, uh, yeah, fifty trillion years. Like, uh, you know, a the, the lifespan of a uh, red dwarf star is about ten trillion years. The so like fifty trillion years. Like, there's still star life. Okay. Uh, we're we're talking in the the like the ten to the ten to the ten. Okay. About, like a, a lot of years. Uh, where uh, feasibly so much time would have passed that there would be a random fluctuation of entropy where it ju- it would just kind of reignite the universe, another big bang. See, now that's what I think. I imagine that, you know, in my, my, my stupid hands, my old hands, and I can't yeah. do it, like, once I reach past, you know, the, that, that point where there's absolutely nothing, I imagine, like, me stopping the time machine... In this, you know, void of nothing is yeah. the second Big Bang. Like it, it, it kickstarts. You know, it, that is that random flux that starts things back up. Uh yeah, it could be. Like it, it would definitely. I don't think there would be any. Di- like I don't think, uh, unless the properties of space change drastically. Uh, I like. I, I think you would just suffocate. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, I, I stop it and just a. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Just. And then you just <laughs> restart it up, and, and somehow uh, the monolith people just find you in the the distant future. Like this man's older than the universe. See, I that's the thing. Like I think that if I you know if my character stopped at uh, at that random place and is like out of basically everything, like in the world beyond the universe, um, I imagined he would be some sort of villain for, like, the next universe. Like, some, like, ancient one kind of thing. I, I guess, like, uh... I don't know for what he could do. He's just a... He's just a average... You know, he's just a guy in his 30s with old man hands. <laughs> like, I don't know what kind of villain he's gonna be. See, I imagine that everything from that... from the Victorian era. He still uses steam power. Everything, everything that happens, I imagine, like, when he pops forward... You know, in that that world beyond, like, you know, let's just pretend that the the you know the energy of him stopping the uh, the time machine ignites like a second Big Bang, but it's tinier. So the he is almost he, the size giant. of the universe. Yeah. Huh. Like I, I, that is interesting. Like, uh, yeah, the that he he pretty much uh, you know, runs this machine through. Uh, through time, I am. It's almost like a slingshot. Like, uh, like he he burrowed this uh this tunnel through time, <laughs> and uh, when he stops the machine, the tunnel collapses through trillions of years, <laughs> and and uh, just with so much energy, it's like a you ha- you have a pipe a vac. It's like a uh, it's like a pipeline that's full of a vacuum, but then you open up the vacuum and just this rush of air. <laughs> but this is just a rush of time. And yeah, there, there's your second Big Bang. And it's like, but he is, in this universe, he is massive and almost infinite. Like, there, there's a, uh, from their perspective, like, there's a little tiny Earth. And uh, in a faraway galaxy, there's a uh, huge supernova. Like, the biggest supernova, but it uh, it's big enough to just... Uh, and bright enough just to uh, show like uh, like the, the, his eye yeah. in, in, in the background of the universe, and it just terrifies like it, it terrifies humanity. Like I imagine that um, like the uh, like you know that whole pillars of creation picture yeah. or anything like that. Like they find a way to expand like their you know like kind of expand their uh, their view of it, and yeah. it's just like eyelashes on this massive massive <laughs> and it just like what what would humanity do if they saw something like that uh, probably what we always worship do worship it, it. Yeah. that yeah that, that 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 tracks that tracks I, I, I i'm not gonna lie to you if i saw if i if uh if the hubble brought back images of a giant person living <laughs> in the universe i you know i might worship it too a, a person that is almost like 
gargantuan size yeah. of the, like, you know what? I can get behind it. Like, you know what? This guy seems to know what's up. Yeah, yeah that's probably God. That's it's you know a fair chance that the giant man is God. They they pull it back so much that like, why does he have old man hands though? <laughs> well, I imagine like he 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 is from the Victorian era. It's like, so God has mutton chops. <laughs> we would have never guessed. <laughs> Listen, who are we to judge, huh? <laughs> that. Like, and then everyone, everyone for the rest, you know, through <laughs> humanity has mutton chops. It's like, like uh, through the entire universe, the mutton chop is the the, the default yeah, style. It, it's it's almost like uh, how how uh, Hasidic Jews have the uh, the little curls, uh, the, the curls. Yeah, I don't know what that what that's called, but it's a part of that that culture. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but that's the that's the new religious uh, hairstyle, and it's. Basically, every living thing in the entire universe <laughs> all having this, all having mutton, yeah, mutton chops. Cho there's beavers <laughs> building dams with mutton chops. There's uh, there's horses with mutton chops. <laughs> and it's not because they, it, it's not because they want them. It's because humans are shaving mutton chops into these animals. <laughs> They're breeding them so that mutton chops become the <laughs> default gene. Selective breeding has made <laughs> made the animal like uh, made the animal kingdom just nothing. <laughs> there's bacteria with mutton chops. Like somehow there's viruses with mutton chops. <laughs> that uh. that is fantastic. Uh, okay, so on that note, yeah, 2067. A uh, a bit of a dumb movie. A little bit of a. A little bit of a letdown. Uh, the the main character Ethan was, was kind of dumb and whiny, and uh, didn't didn't really uh, didn't really go anywhere. It was okay. I, I would say, really, maybe a C minus D plus movie. I, I can get behind that. And you know, the character was really the worst part of it. You know, and also the like the movie could have been half an hour shorter if yeah. they weren't taking baby steps everywhere they went. Yeah. Um, but. We've seen worse, you know, so, uh, check it out, don't check it out, but, you know, just know that you could do worse than 2067. Yeah, if you can, if you can, if you're a fan of bad movies and can kinda, uh, you know, make fun of it through this shit, uh, yeah, check it out. If you're, if you can't, uh, if you can't hack bad movies, skip it. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, that'll be it for today. A toodaloo. Goodbye. That'll hold a little SOBs.